All right, everyone, welcome back to, uh, I would say, a special edition of the Board of Hell podcast. A very special edition, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're getting two episodes this week. I mean, who who to thunk that? Um, I, why I can't imagine why we'd be doing two though. What's what's so special this week? Then mm, Star needs, uh, Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Um, yeah, Rogue One. Uh, it drops later this week. We were both lucky enough uh, to go see it this morning. This is Monday evening as we record this, and yep. oh god, you guys are in for a treat. Um, but. We're going to keep this as uh, spoiler-free as possible. I mean, I think we can discuss the main plot points and some of the characters without um, revealing too much or saying much. There are some people things we will want to talk about, some characters and places and things that uh, it's yep. kind of fun just to you know, discover for yourself because there were some moments that I was not expecting that fully took me aback, and <laughs> I would, I, I, I'm envious of people who can go experience that for the first time. So, the number of times I clapped my hand over my mouth in sheer joy of like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, look at that sheer joy and or just, abject terror. <laughs> uh, yes, um, both. But of Andy, those. go ahead and give us like a, a quick summation of what this because we know it's about the Death Star plans, but it's a bit more than that. This is the story of what happened prior to the episode four, a New Hope story that we all know and love, but it's a little more complicated than that. We have young Jin Erso, played by Felicity Jones, mm-hmm. who is broken out of prison by people with the Rebel Alliance, specifically Diego Luna playing Captain Cassian. They've found out there is a, an Imperial defector, a pilot, with a message supposedly from Jin Erso's father, who is supposedly working on a super weapon, and they need her to help track down this pilot and get in to see Saw Gerrera, who anyone who, who watched The Clone Wars may, may be familiar with him. And that's uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. They have to go and find this this Imperial pilot and talk to Saw Gerrera and find out what's going on with this supposed super weapon that might be able to blow up a planet. So it's and, a that's like the, it's their ultimate weapon. It's all they really know. Yeah, they, they know almost nothing. And and it's great to see them put the pieces together and see everyone being like, no, no way. Like, the, there's no way that that's going on. Lots of denial and uh, people not, not being sure about how to deal with this. And, and it's really interesting. There are uh, fracture lines and fault lines within the Rebellion. But our our team of plucky heroes who are who are also joined by some other people that they they meet along the way, a uh, a grumpy reprogrammed Imperial droid played by Alan Tudyk, who is <laughs> my new favorite character. K two SO, uh, yeah. Oh, K two SO, so good. He's such a uh, smartass too. Like he has like these perfect one liners and like he, he again. It's Star Wars does such a great thing with Persona Fine droids that i mean this one feels like almost i almost like this one more than c-3po <laughs> yeah I, I i loved him he he was at my absolute favorite uh also other favorites uh donnie yen plays a blind semi force sensitive sort of monk character who's able to just like seriously f some stormtroopers up <laughs> yeah you, you've seen that in the uh in the trailer so that's... yeah you've seen that in the trailer that's not a spoiler and and his uh and his best buddy uh who is a heavy weapons expert you you get the two of them 
joining this little rebel cell and uh yeah and hijinks ensue uh specifically going off to try and steal the death star plans and lots of other things along the way there are moral conundrums uh there are betrayals uh, oh we forgot there's a power struggle between um director orson krennic who is in charge yep. of kind of keep you know of the building the death star and he and someone else are struggling over uh who will you know eventually rise to the top and become the commander of you know more of the imperial navy yeah and that was and, played by and, ben mendelson who was fantastic my gosh and and that power struggle between uh krennic and uh and and the other imperials is just it's so good and you don't know whether you're you're kind of rooting for the guy. He's the guy you kind of love to hate, or uh, if if you're just like, oh, he's he's evil. And uh, if if you've read uh, the Star Wars Catalyst book, you know that there's actually a very very long history between Krennic and uh, Jyn Erso's father, and and also with with other Imperial figures that uh, that we know about: Grand Moff Tarkin, Darth Vader, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think that's the thing that I keep coming back to is how much Star Wars there is in this Star Wars movie. I mean, that, oh, that's... Oh, it plays... That seems uh, weird to say, but... Well, no, it, it ties everything together. You've got prequel stuff. You've got uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. You've got Rebels. I didn't see it, but um, apparently uh, the little droid chopper from Heroes is in one of the scenes somewhere. So I don't know, like a buddy of ours, well Brian Young, he's seen it twice now. Of course he has, yep. and he was all excited afterwards. Like, Did you see Chopper? Did you see Chopper? I'm like, no. Where was it? I want to look for it now. So, but it, yeah, it just it melds the whole saga together, and you know takes everything with you know the books we've been reading, the comic books, the TV shows, and just t- takes all those little loose threads and ties them all together into one overarching story that is like again, like you said, you have multiple multiple times where you put your hand in your mouth in shock like that was me through half the movie it was like every single time something new would come up or come out and it was like oh crap that's this or that's that so star wars fans especially people who have been in it for the long haul um, there are so many fun little easter eggs and nods to stuff that's been going on that you can see the movie 10 times and still never catch it all I, i think not only though how much star wars there is in this star wars movie but this is a very different Star Wars movie. And, oh, yeah. Oh, from, you know, things that have already been put out there. There's no opening crawl. There's there's no, uh, you know, your, your John Williams score is gone. Uh, we've got Michael Giacchino, who does a great job, I, I would say, with the score. Uh, it It is very Williams-esque, and he brings and in a lot of the themes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of times where you they'll be playing a song, or there'll be the orchestra swelling, and you your mind automatically thinks, oh, it's going to go into this next part of the song because this is from Star Wars, and then it goes a different route. So it, you you've got the the DNA of the Star Wars music in there, but it's his own like you said, it's his own thing. So it's it was it was kind of fun where every single time I was like starting to hum the song along in my head, it would make a left turn I wasn't expecting and. The score is, but the score is fantastic. And then on top of that, just the tone of this movie. While this is definitely a movie in the Star Wars universe, 
this is a hardcore war movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this has in its DNA. L- let me put it this way: Lucas was inspired by so many great films from the past, and it's very obvious that the people working on this were inspired by the same films and are familiar with that same group of films. I, I mentioned, you know, Zatoichi, the the blind swordsman, uh, a great trope of old samurai movie but there's things in here from the guns of navarone bridge on the river kwai the longest day apocalypse uh, now <laughs> apocalypse now uh it, there is a a lot in this movie you know interesting that you mentioned apocalypse now though because lucas worked with coppola on the godfather Oh really? And, I didn't know that. Uh, and 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 there was you know continued to be collaboration between the two of them uh, throughout the years. And, and Apocalypse <laughs> like Now Captain was Neo. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Neo. <laughs> Forget that they worked on that together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there there's definitely that same DNA in this movie. And they really bring it all together. Now, I have a problem, though, because I am facing a weird crisis. Do oh. I take my kids to go see this? Yeah, that's a... I mean, this definitely earns its PG-13 rating. It's, uh... It's it is a different Star violent. Wars movie. It, yeah. is, it is violent. It is dark. Um scary at times even in ways that you know there are there are scary moments in the other films but there is some seriously scary stuff in here that yeah no it it, really little children um i I think you know if if your kids were fine watching like lord of the rings i think they'd be fine with this because lord of the rings is a bit more I'd say brutal in some senses. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a bloodless movie, and people are, people are obviously getting shot and killed. Um, you know, stormtroopers die by the dozens, but actually stormtroopers do something in this movie. They actually shoot back and hit things, which was absolutely surprising, because that hasn't yeah. happened ever. Um, but it, it's a it's a bloodless movie, so there's no, like, limbs getting hacked off or, you know, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you're going to see people die, and we're not going to say who, of course, but it was... Yeah. Um, it was there was some heartbreaking moments in here, and it's it's interesting that you can connect so quickly with some of these characters because you know as uh, Kathleen Kennedy said, you know we're not getting a sequel. The sequel is New Hope, <laughs> so yeah. you know this is kind of like a one shot for all these people, and you really do connect with them well. And I think that's that's a tribute to their acting abilities because sometimes you have an actor on, on screen who just can't do that, and you can tell like oh they're they're just up here for this. They're trying to pull my heartstrings. That. This movie doesn't do that, uh, and Gareth Edwards does. You know, he did a fantastic job with Godzilla, even if there were some problems with that movie. Um, mm-hmm. But he really, really connects on the human level here. So, you know, at the end of the movie, when everything's going crazy and you know things are going bad, the good and the bad and the good, um, you get an actual emotional response from the audience, and not just like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, there's 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 a certain character, but uh, well, I'm not going to mention who dies. And, I mean, that one, like, threw me for a loop because I was like, no, that can't happen. You can't do that. I was like, well, I've only known this character for an hour and a half. You know, how, how am I that attached already? But you, you do become that attached. Well, it's, it's so funny because we have been spoiled 
in many different ways where now where we have multiple movie arcs to get to know characters and and so when someone dies after three movies or two movies then it's like oh wow you know there's been a lot building up to that right we've, uh, we've got a history now yeah we forget that you know m- most of the history of film was not this serialized content and that's what they did all the time again go back and watch uh some of those old war movies and uh, you you get a very real very instant bond with a lot of these folks and and then they're taken away from you and they do exactly the same thing they put you through the paces with this and it is rough it's like you fall in love with these characters and then they're gone and you're just like wow but it makes the message of the film that much more poignant and it makes star wars episode four a new hope all the better i mean it you will never see the first 20 minutes of new hope in the same way again no it'll be be a totally different perspective it's just wow Wow. because we the thing with this is now you know, we, we had the story before of like, oh, we, we hear the Death Star plans. No one really ever explained how they got them. Um, but when you see the amount of just the extreme amount of planning, when, well, they, like, it's not kind of planning, but just the, the sacrifice and how this almost destroyed the Alliance trying to trying to go do this because they were arguing over what they should do in the face of this planet-destroying weapon with no way to fight against it. And you look at everything that I'd gone through, everything that happened... And I think it was—I think it was one of the last lines of the movies—is you know, rebellions are founded on hope, and that's that's why you know it's a new hope. But there's so much now history behind what those plans and how they got there and how Leia put them in, you know, R two. It's it'd be impossible to go into that and not be automatically replaying this movie in your mind uh, and just remembering what happened and you know the amount of hell they went through to actually get those plans. Yeah, and. And now here's an interesting conversation that we can have is to what extent can we then talk about this film in the context of what's happening in December of 2016? Uh, I went into this film expecting it to be actually far more poignant about like and, and pointed about issues of uh, diversity and culture and, uh, you know, building rebellions and cause you know, that, that's kind of where my mind's at. And I'm like, we got to fight back against the Trump hire <laughs> so on and so forth. And, uh, this is a lot like the Dagobah cave. You you're going to get out of it what you want. Yeah. It, only what you take with you is what you're, is what's going to be in there. And so I think if you go into this movie without an agenda you're going to see something absolutely magical now if you go in on one of two sides either the like hardcore like oh yeah i'm gonna uh you know i'm gonna fight against the empire and and i'm looking for something to to help me there there's there's some stuff there that that you can get out of this on the other side if you come in with a chip on your shoulder of like I'm so tired of 
women being in lead roles and meh. diversity and meh, meh, meh. <sighs> just get off it. I, I think the one of the best things about this movie is it was so effortless. It it didn't matter. It, it was like, yeah, this was a ragtag group led by a woman of people from different ethnicities and different planets and different backgrounds. And so what? Yeah. So what? Like, isn't that how it should be? It's like, cast the best actor for the role. I can't think of someone who could have done a better job than any of these people. They're well, what's really funny absolutely with amazing. Anyone who's having a problem with the gender or the race of these characters, um, this is in a universe where magic wizards have light swords and force choke people with magic powers. Also, there's <laughs> billions of planets and there's billions of different kinds of creatures. Um, I don't see that pissed off that Admiral Akbar was played by you know a Calamarian. You know, <laughs> you're talking about it's a trap. <laughs> you've moved past Earth now. Where you know. I, I don't get that. Honestly, like if you go in, if you're gonna go in this movie with a chip on your shoulder and pissed off because there's a female character in the role, um, guess what? I don't want you to see it. You don't deserve it. This movie is yeah. too good, and let all of us who want to go and just experience. Like I couldn't. I can't wait to go see it again. Like I, I'm counting down the days till I can go back and see it, and trying to see how how many times I can schedule in repeat viewings while it's still crazy at my work. It's. It's a fantastic film, and let us go and have fun with it. If you don't like it, cool. You know what? Don't go see it. You can still go back and watch the old Star Wars. They're not going to go away. They still exist. You know, nothing about this changes what happened to them. It may change your opinion, like your view, like we said, of like New Hope. Um, it may change the way you view certain characters that maybe they kind of bridged in from other parts of Star Wars, but it's not going to change the fact that the old ones are there. And you're more than welcome to go watch those and leave more seats for us. Like, if if you're going to bring that kind of crazy agenda into this film, you don't deserve to get out of it the joy that it can bring you. Because it is just a fantastic film. I, I do have one problem with it, but this is a both both a compliment and a problem. And it's the exact same problem I have with the original Star Wars, which it, if there is a movie that this is most like, it is most like 1977 Star Wars by George Lucas. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, uh, it is, it is paced a lot the same. And uh, in, in that it starts off pretty slow and it builds 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 and it builds. And then you get to this final confrontation at the end that is ridiculously amazing. And it builds so fast and so awesome and takes you to enormous heights. And then the Death Star blows up and you're like, oh, wow, what a ride. So the the first two thirds is not quite as breakneck as the final third. Is that a problem? In this case, no. Because we're getting to know these characters and we're getting to know all about them and there's a lot to learn there and a lot to learn to love. But it isn't quite the same as when they start that final assault and try and that heist and trying to steal the Death Star plans. Because man, this movie kicks into a, a you know, this this magical fifth gear that you didn't even know that it had. And it's it's just absolutely amazing. And 
<clears throat> it's funny you mention that because we just reviewed Manchester by the Sea mm-hmm. last week, and that movie. I looked it up, it's within minutes of being the exact same running time as Star Wars. And as much as I did enjoy Manchester by the Sea, it it felt like it was two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, this movie for me absolutely flew by. I mean, I I blinked and it was like the credits were rolling. So, you know, maybe it does start a bit slow and then, well, the ending is just a big spectacle and it's humongous and crazy and insane and absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. But. Sometimes you kind of need, like we said before, like these characters. This is their one shot. This is their Hamilton moment. <laughs> We're not going to be. They're not going to be coming back in, in a sequel. So you kind of had to have that little extra time at the beginning to get to know them and explain who they were and um, you know why they're doing what they're doing. Because you know at the very end when everything's going to hell, you're not, you're not going to have that time to have that moment. You know, there's not going to be. You know, they where they sit down in the middle of a firefight and have a chat. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I can see where you're coming from on that. I just I yeah. was having way too much fun to notice. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's it's almost kind of a backhanded compliment about how great the final thirty minutes are. Is that well, the final thirty minutes are so amazing that they make the first hour and forty five minutes feel like like <laughs> just an okay movie, even though. They're a really amazing movie, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's interesting. It's kind of at that point, but no, oh, it I, totally, totally is. But it, it, one thing is, it, it is, it is paced like a somewhat older film. It, mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of the Guns of Navarone out of here. That movie's long. So is Bridge on the River Kwai. They're both what two and a half hours, two forty-five. So just like a little that. bit longer than this one, yeah. Yeah, they're they're long movies, and that's okay. Uh, but just be prepared for that epic war movie feel where you also have to get to know your squadron of people so that 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 final battle really has the impact that it has. And, and it's so cool to see these really disparate people all coming from hugely different backgrounds and with different motivations and different views on things coming together and coalescing as a team that pulls this off and it's amazing yeah and and one little thing i I could nitpick on too which again doesn't just detract from my enjoyment at all of the movie at the very very beginning the first well after the first initial scene where we kind of get introduced to some people um they kind of jump back and forth like five different planets and it's like oh this is this planet this this is this planet that's that planet and i was worried for a minute it might be kind of confusing to follow but then everything kind of coalesces and ended up just at one place. So I guess that was um, just a worry from the beginning that was unmerited because they didn't end up doing that. It, it does jerk you around a little bit at the beginning because all of these people end up uh, or start in very different places. I mean, literally across the galaxy, they start in different places. And, oh, yeah. And uh, they got to come together. It's... It's really a, a kind of cool, masterful thing that they were able to do. But yeah, it, it is a little jumpy there at the beginning. And uh, I, I think this is the first Star Wars movie that has ever had flashbacks in it. Uh, there's only a couple of yeah. them. There's only there's only two, as far as I can tell, or maybe three. And they're all Jyn or so. Um, and they're really cohesive and, and very well used, but it's like, wow, that that is different. 
that uh, feels different for a Star Wars movie in the same way that it feels different to not have that opening crawl and those opening credits. But you know what? I didn't miss it. It worked for me. And at, at some point, there was going to be a Star Wars movie that didn't do that. I'm glad that it's this one. Uh, because it's such a good movie, it's able to stand on its own and basically able to say, okay, all that uh, kind of crazy affectation stuff that George Lucas built into the Star Wars franchise over seven films that you love so much, yes, we love that and we're reverential towards it, but we don't need it. And we mm-hmm. can build an amazing movie in-universe that doesn't rely on that. So... Don't be that nerd that is like, oh, I needed an opening crawl. No, you don't. No, you, no, don't. you don't. You're, you're, you're going to be fine. I can see them doing this with all the anthology movies. So like this, you know, the, exactly. the Boba Fett one, the Han Solo one. Because mm-hmm. and keeping the title crawl to just the actual ones in the main storyline. So like Star Wars 8, 9, up through 78. Because <laughs> they're going to keep yeah. making these until you and I are both dead. They will never stop making these movies. Um, as long as they keep making money. <laughs> yeah. And as long as they keep on being this good, like, I've, I'll go see them again and again and again. But yeah, it's it's a Star Wars story, so it's in the universe. Um, but I'm glad they they made it their own. In fact, the first, time, the first and only time you hear any of the traditional Star Wars music even is when the credits roll at the end. It has the very traditional you know, fade to black, and then boom, the Star Wars song comes on. So that's that was cool. I liked that a lot. Uh, you get you get a couple of tiny little instances. You hear the Force theme, I think, once in the film, and you hear the Imperial March once. Yeah, you in hear the film. It briefly, like it's and it's even it's like na 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 na, and that's it. And then it's gone. You yeah. know, it's it's just there to remind you that yes, this is still what you know and love. Uh, let's have fun with it. So like, I don't know where where are you at with this film? Because I, I could keep talking about this for the next hour and a half. I could too. It's it's absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to talk about people talk about this with people once they've been able to see it and discuss the spoilers. Because man, there there are going to be some conversations, and uh, you're going to need to find a friend ASAP who has seen this movie and talk about it and have some group therapy <laughs> because it is. It is just, it is going to wreck some people. You, yeah. The, you could come out of this movie a total wreck. So make sure you have a number of your best friend handy who has also seen it. Or come find a supportive closed Facebook group <laughs> where uh, you can discuss hey, spoilers. I think, I think we have uh, one of those, don't we? <laughs> I, I do have one of those. So if, you, if you'd like to join that, then, then you certainly are able to so my final rating i've been thinking about this a lot i can't go with a perfect 10 Mm -hmm. it is very close nine and a half very good very good movie but you know well you you told me adam after you came out of this like you're gonna have a hard time with your top five Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to have that same problem. This is my third or fourth favorite movie of the year. It is excellent. It is very good. 
but I think that there were other things that resonated just a little bit better about a couple of other movies. And when we do mm-hmm. our year-end wrap-up, we can talk about that. But for right now, I'm at a nine and a half. Um, caveat, I I am going to give myself the option to change that to a ten after multiple viewings. Yes. But I think <laughs> I'm going to stick at nine and a half for now. Yeah. Uh, that's that's been you mentioned having a friend to talk to. That's been the worst part about this because uh, this this was a Monday morning screening. Uh, it was critics only, and they even took our cell phones. And they never take our cell phones. So it was. Yeah, they took very, our cell very... phones too. <laughs> An IMAX 3D screening, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be able to capture this on my phone. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, so, fine. Yeah, I get it. I, that's cool. Whatever. It, Disney has their own rules. I'm just glad they showed it to us. That's they can they can Me too. take my phone. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, that's been the worst part is because I you know, I got home and I had today off, so I went and got lunch with some friends and the whole time I'm like if they're like, Oh, did you like it? I'm like, Yeah, it was good. I can't say anything to you because you haven't seen it yet and I want you really bad. I need to talk to someone. And you know, we we've done some texting throughout the day and I've kind of mentioned to some other people, but I I wanted us to go watch it and sit down and have a discussion that's longer than the movie about it because there's just so much good stuff in there. There's so much going on. Um, I, as, as far as where it places in my favorite Star Wars movies, again, I got to see it a couple more times to, to get that up there. Um, I am at a 10, though. I, I absolutely loved this. This will easily be in my top five. Again, I don't know where in my top five, uh, but it's up there, and I just I want to go see it again and again. It's, I, I almost would say I enjoyed this more than Force Awakens. I, I don't know if it's there yet. Um, I just something about it resonated with me a little bit stronger. But I mean, hey, either which way, they're both great Star Wars movies, and we get more. So lots of stuff to be excited about. Yeah, the the Force Awakens. I think the only thing that I liked a bit more was I felt like that movie was a beautiful synthesis of everything that George Lucas had done previously and it it made it new and fresh for today and and changed the genre in in a lot of ways now you know there's the whole um memberberries critique that this is all just based on mindless nostalgia i think there was something deeper there now, Rogue One, I think, was different. This was not trying to reinvent Star Wars. This was trying to make a war movie in Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And it succeeded incredibly well with that. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the genre. Like, Saving Private Ryan, I'm just like, meh, okay, yeah, whatever. I, I... I get it. I understand that it's a great movie. Guns of Navarone, I get that it's a great movie. I get why it's great. I get why Gregory Peck is great. But I'm not going to sit down and want to watch that again. So uh, the the main reason for me wanting to watch this movie is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's a great Star Wars movie. Uh, but I, I think the limitations of the genre um, made it made it harder for me to like it as much as The Force Awakens because that was that pure space opera. Mm-hmm. And I I just like that genre a little bit more. Right, and, and I, I can see that. I just, and I then it comes it. down to personal taste. Yeah, 
And I grew up watching a lot of war movies. My dad, you know, he would always have AMC or Turner Classic movies on. And it needed to be like a Western or a war movie. So I, I did grow up with um, more, more of the classics, like the John Waynes and um, the older movies like that. But I do enjoy war movies more than you do. So, like, for me, Saving Private Ryan was one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, I don't think it holds up quite as well. I haven't well, wanted to go back and watch it in a long time. Um, so... So that, that appeal was already there for me, so I already knew, hey, I'm going to enjoy this aspect of it, um, and it's Star Wars, which of course I like as well. So for me, it was just like a perfect storm of everything I love in one night, nice, neat little bundle, and I will consider this my early Christmas present from Gareth Edwards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing that's great about this, and, and we're going to owe a great debt to Gareth Edwards and Kathleen Kennedy for decades to come on this, is this now opens the door to tell different kinds of stories in the Star Wars universe. I can't wait for the Star Wars uh, heist movie. I can't wait for the Star Wars Western. I can't wait for uh, the Star Wars like hard sci-fi space oddity movie. Bring that all on. The Star and... Wars Hentai. <laughs> uh, I... I, I... I will pass on that one, but if that's what floats your boat, no, you go for it. You go for it if that is what you like. Uh, we we'll are... have a hard time selling those figures at Disneyland, <laughs> or or maybe not. Google hentai kids, but make sure your safe search is on. <laughs> or don't. don't. Do work. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Rogue One. I mean, what what can we say about it? It is the movie of the week um, the movie of the month probably and uh, I'm just I'm one of the best I of the feel, year I feel so grateful that we live in a time where we now get a yearly Star Wars movie for Christmas yes like what is up with that that's amazing and um, I'm just incredibly happy about that yeah as much as people were some people were upset that they moved it from the traditional May release date um, yeah, it, it is kind of nice to get that early Christmas present. And, you know, in, in my line of work, you know, we're running incredibly busy this time of year. The ability to sit down and literally escape the planet for two hours through a, through a movie uh, like this is a very, very welcome respite. So. Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably in a couple weeks do a spoiler episode like we did with Force Awakens where we can dive in deep and discuss all the cool little things. But we'll make sure to warn you fully in advance. Um not only before the episode, but also probably the week before as well, so that you don't accidentally tune in and um, find out things you don't want to know yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's Absolutely. the big one for this week. There is a small one called Collateral Beauty uh, with Will Smith and Helen Mirren, um, so we'll discuss that later this weekend. But until then, hail Satan, have a lovely afternoon. <laughs>